At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So I didn't get to tell you this before we do whatever we're going to do next. It was the last time we were in here. Football was on. Mm-hmm. I think that was Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. So it's been a couple of weeks ago as we are in the midweek Super Bowl. But uh, when I was driving up here to meet you guys, I was listening to the game on the radio. And Dan Fouts was calling the game. It just made me think of a really funny story. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Abilene. And... I was working at, uh, um, yeah, I want to say it was K-Tab is the name of that one, but I don't know. I've worked at so many AM stations along the way. I can't keep up with them anymore. But anyway, we were running, uh, we ran McMurray. And when we would do McMurray basketball, like they would be, obviously they're live or whatever. So I'm the in-studio producer and running the board and whatever. And so I can't remember the guy's name who is the color guy for McMurray, but the girls would play and then the guys would play. It's more like high school with that, but they're pretty good. And anyway, he's telling me <laughs> uh, before the before the broadcast started, we were running some NFL game and Dan Fouts is doing the game. And I want to say that this dude's name is Dan. I'm going to say that his name is Dan because mm-hmm. I feel like it was. And, you know, I connect with him or whatever and he's at wherever they're playing. He's sitting there and he's like, you know, who's playing? What's the score? And he was like, is that Dan Fouts calling the game? Yeah. He's like, man, that guy's an asshole. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, let me tell you something. A few years back, we were in San Diego. They were playing in a tournament. McMurray was out there. And he's like, I'm sitting there, you know, at the broadcast table. And I look behind me and I notice... Dan Fouts is sitting there and he's reading the program and it turns out like his girl was on the team or something. So, you know, during one of the timeouts or whatever, maybe at halftime, I turn around and take my headphones off and all I have to do is just turn around and stand up and I stick my hand out and I'm like, hey, uh, Dan Fouts, I'm a really big fan. And he said that Dan Fouts just lowered the program so much that like he could look over the top of it and just goes go fuck yourself (laughs) (laughs) what a great (laughs) you'll never ever ever hear Dan Fouts talk again without thinking of that guy (laughs) Like who? Who oh. even? Who? How is that your go-to reaction? Like, are you the worst person in the world? Why <laughs> like, can't you just say thanks? Hey, thanks, buddy. Like, I get it if the, if he's trying to engage you in a long conversation. Yeah, but he's just saying hello. And he's a member of the media. It's <laughs> yeah. not like some jerk. Go fuck yourself. 
I, just, I can't. I can't do it. I mean, he he's on TV. He's on the radio, calling a game, and he is a jerk. Like the more you listen to you him, you hear that. You, you hear, hear that? it. You could be like, yes, I could totally see that guy telling somebody to go fuck himself <laughs> because he said hello. I'm a big fan. What an asshole. Oh man, I, I fell out of my chair at that studio, and I told. I really, I tell pretty much anyone that I know yeah. that so that. I wanted to get back around to him. That's yeah. that's my one goal. Day, one day he'll hear it. So, folks, go tell down Fouts. You know what he'll say whenever it gets back to him? Meh. <laughs> go fuck yourself. A great, great line. Great. So, uh, you're listening to OK Talk, <laughs> the podcast welcome of record. Sh- welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Let's see. Facebook.com slash OK Talk Show. Aye. Twitter.com slash OK Talk Show. Aye. OK Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Even a headphone emergency there. Headphones are turning into a visor. (laughs) Jordy right now. (laughs) These are a little big for me. Is that not your normal pair? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I'm a. I'm a headphone whore, meaning that I'll pretty much put any of them on. Right, I gotta have, I gotta have mine. I like these; they're fuzzy. I was gonna go and look and see how we're doing in the review and rating section of iTunes. Oh yeah, because, I know we've uh, gathered a couple. Well, you know they threatened to fire us because we only had eleven. Well, I made a big plea for everyone to do it, and we went from 10 to 11. Yeah. And they nearly fired us, so some people... Some people have stepped up. ...have have stepped up to save us, including Hillbilly Bryn, (laughs) who, by the way, also asked us when we were popping out our next episode, or if we were popping one out this week. Did you see that? Did I send that to you? No. And it was mayhem at the house before I left when I got that. No, he just tweeted us like, hey, are you guys popping out a podcast this week? (laughs) This is after his review was like, these pecker heads are awesome. (laughs) Like, thanks, Bryn. Appreciate it. I like him, though. He always is coming with some sort of wrestling bit. And his Twitter description is, if you're good looking, if you're a woman and you're into Bigfoot, let's dance. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it, and I can appreciate anybody who's uh, throwing down the wrestling. Throw down a wrestling bit from time to time. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't understand. It says that we have sixteen, and I can only see fifteen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not enough. I know that. Go ahead and keep them coming. They're going to get rid of us. We have no chance. Are these all positive? At least. I think so, but I mean, what's our mom going to say? negative about us my mom's not gonna say anything bad about you your wife is not gonna say anything bad that's true i i certainly feel like i have to have more than like eight friends i mean nobody in my family gives a crap you will not see a review from anyone that i know on there what else is happening in the land of the spook um because that's all this podcast is about i've had more stuff happen at the house what yeah really yes we'll do tell um, I can't. Re- now let's just give everyone a quick refresher. The last time you had a a video game ghost, 
we didn't talk about the stuff that was happening last on the podcast. Megan, no, I think I would. Yeah, I, I've texted it to you, but I don't. I don't think we've ever discussed. That's it why we should show. never talk to each other. No, but seriously, <laughs> uh, she was having like hearing footsteps, door slams. She was hearing. Yeah, so she was hearing um, footsteps through the house, and she would see things out of the corner of her eye. Uh huh. Oh yeah. So there have been a number of times where I was in another room, and she would be talking to me as if I'm. Thinking that it was you? Well, yeah. So she, we've got a little hallway that kind of runs down the middle of our house. Imagine that. Exactly. <laughs> Bedrooms are on one side, and then there's a door into the living room and a door into the <laughs> kitchen on the other side. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting in the living room, you can kind of see the hallway. It's behind you, but you can see the hallway, and you, you, you can see somebody walk back and forth through there, basically. And so I'll be in the bedroom doing, you know, I don't know laundry or something like that and she'll be talking to me like i'm in the kitchen she'll be saying hey get, get me like while you're in the kitchen give me that and I, I say what are you talking about i'm in the i'm in the bedroom i'm not in the kitchen she goes you didn't just walk by and go into the kitchen oh so she would think she saw you she would see somebody and mm. think obviously think it's me walking into the or she would hear somebody walking into the into other parts of the house so that was going on um, and that that has not it, it seems to come and go. There'll be days where she's like, it's happening all the time. It's happening every day. That happened this week. It happens. Well, something else happened this week. Um, I cannot remember. I think it's been a couple of weeks since she said she saw something or heard something. Because we're kind of in a kooky lunar cycle right now. Yeah. So this week uh, it would have been Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That same shelf that I that we spoke about prior, the shelf of record, the shelf where the candle fell, yeah. and landed on the TV, perfectly. We've since rearranged things on that shelf, <clears throat> and we got one of those big, uh, the the metal block letters with the lights in them. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Target, they, exactly. <laughs> um, so we got a big M, of course. Because, I don't know, I'm Matt, she's Megan, I guess. I don't know. That's She saw the M in one of the M. You didn't get an M squared? No. Um, so we have this light-up M sitting on the on the shelf. Okay. And I'm in, I'm going in between the, I'm going into the garage to do some laundry. I come out of the garage, and I hear just a clatter. Like, I hear something. I thought one of the dogs had knocked something off the table or something, but something comes crashing to the ground. So I walk out walk around the corner and that m is sitting no joke it's sitting five feet away on the ground up against the coffee table and i have no idea what could have i mean i i explained this all on i think it was probably our first podcast where i explained all this but it's a very it's one of those very small invisible you know invisible uh, hang shelves where it just mm-hmm. sort of fits right up against the wall. The thing is, you know, maybe three inches wide, maybe four inches wide, um, and inaccessible to the other animals in the house. Dogs can't get to it. Cats can't get to it. Uh, but stuff keeps falling off of it. That candle fell off of it, and then that, and then that happened. And I am still at a loss to explain exactly how that happened. And that's the first time that I recall, other than. 
I would hear things every now and then at night, which I cannot completely write off as as the cats sharpening their claws. Because sometimes the cats sharpen their claws on the furniture or on a rug, and it sounds like somebody walking. Yeah. But there are times when I'm I'm thinking, that doesn't sound quite right. But that's the first time that uh, something's really happened to me while I've been there. That's creepy. wonder what it is about that shelf that they're so upset about. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. That's, um, and you know, she, Megan works from home, so she, I guess she's more, I'm now why are you over there putting works in quotation marks? (laughs) She, uh, she is at home. (laughs) Uh, she works (laughs) and, uh, I'm gone most of the day. I'm gone from like, you know, eight o'clock until eight o'clock, basically. Mm -hmm. So she has more of an opportunity, I guess, for things to happen to her at at the house, but she definitely says she often sees things walking by or it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I feel bad because I think, you know, I think it makes her feel, I don't feel crazy because it's, it's hard to be like, no, there's a ghost in here or, or something. I don't know what's going on in here, but you know, I think most people, when you would see that, you think I'm I'm seeing things, I'm hallucinating, yeah, uh, or I'm hearing things. But you know, it's one of those kinds of things where it's like fear probably feeds it. You know, yeah, that's weird. I I'm I'm glad that I'm not really dealing with any of that right now. None of that followed you to the apartment. No, I don't guess. It just is constantly around me. <laughs> I don't know. No, I just haven't haven't really had any haunt lately. I never really had anything. I mean, we live, I, I guess I didn't live in the same apartment complex as you, but the same area. I never really had anything happen over there either. My dog one night got up in the middle of the night and was staring and barking down the, out the bedroom door at nothing. Yeah. Which was creepy. Yeah. But other than that, that was the, that was the one time anything ever happened. Did you hear about, how our work colleague at the little ticket woke up the other morning. No. TC. Okay. His dog, he has a basset and his dog was kind of making some woofing in the bedroom. Uh huh. And it was like seven in the morning and he walked into the living room and there was a dude unplugging his Xbox and, and TC seven in the morning. And TC said he was like, uh, what are you doing? And the guy turned around and goes, this is a home invasion. And wow, he stood up, he had gloves on and he walked towards TC and basically like pushed him up against the wall. I guess he said that he like, he said he came at him pretty quick and, uh, he said that he had a knife and that he was going to stab him, and TC was like, the cops are on their The way. guy said that he had a knife, or TC said that he had a knife? Yeah, no, the guy said he was going to stab him. Okay. And uh, TC was just like, the cops are on their way, and the dude ran. Wow. Crackhead. That's, I mean, that, that stuff's scary. We had... Um... This is a home invasion. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever dealt with anything like that? Yeah, um... In college, uh, in Abilene, 
two of my best buds lived in really, really cool place. Had like the largest private pool in Abilene in it. Outside, just like they had the whole lot uh, on the block, like, uh, you know, front one side to the other. It was just a really long lot. But, um, you know, there's a lot of drug-related issues in Abilene. Stuff goes down in Abilene. Basically, once you get to Tarrant County and go (laughs) west, I mean, you know. You're in drug country. Yeah, there's (laughs) there's so many outposts, and it's not like it's not going on in the thicket either. But anyway. It's a little more out in the open, I feel like, out out there. Yeah, we were out back. Uh, We we were out back a lot, obviously. There was a gigantic Olympic-sized swimming pool out there. And we threw down quite nicely there. And one of the nights that we were over there, which is shocking, somebody walked into the front door, I guess, and stole Zane's bike, which he had just like sitting, you know, like he'd bring it in and set it right there in the living room. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is, about like a week later, we were (laughs) driving, we're going to eat somewhere. We had a couple of buddies that were on the football team. One of them was like a left guard named Ricky Blanco. The dude was a beast. We're driving through the little barrio to this little Mexican joint that we loved. And Zane's like, hey, man, that's my bike. And there's a dude cruising like kind of in the alley. And he's like, you can see him kind of coming out. And he's got a a window unit air conditioner (laughs) on the handlebars. Right. And so, you know, we pull over and all four of us hop out and uh, Zane's like, what are you doing on my bike, dude? And the guy's like, what are you talking about? This is my bike. Uh, (laughs) While he has a window unit air conditioning unit on his on his handlebars. And there's like Grateful Dead stickers, you know, like Zane's old school. Very clearly from San Diego. Like it's Zane's bike. There's no doubt. And uh we're just looking at him, and Ricky and I are like alternating, saying, "Give up the bike, dude." <laughs> and Ricky's, "Give up the bike, dude. <laughs> Give up the bike, dude." You know, the two six five guys behind Zane, and so he finally just like he shakes his head and he stands up off of the bike and he picks the window unit up, you know, and like, like he he's like so he like gets off of it and puts the kickstand down and then starts to walk away. And so Zane walks up and gets his bike, you know, and rolls it back up into the Tahoe. And he's got a big grin on his face. And the, But the crazy thing is, is like right then there was a huge clap of thunder and it started hailing balls, like hailing out of nowhere. Yeah. And this dude is like just getting pelted with, <laughs> with, with hail. I'm not kidding. He took the window unit and held it up over his head and started walking. <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. I can't, I don't know that anybody's ever been in my house. Uh, if they have been, they've been very been, stealthy about it. They've been ghostly. Yeah. Uh, I did have a, a thing. Ha- well, now in our old house, I don't know if you ever saw our, our old house out in, uh, out in the Elm Thicket area of Dallas. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but uh, it's oh. sort of near Love Field. Right. Yeah, I remember you being over there. I don't know that I made it, but we would have we would have things where we would have potted plants out in front, and you'd get up in the morning, the potted plants would be gone mm-hmm. for whatever reason. They wanted to steal our potted plants. Uh, I don't know that they ever really took anything else. Uh, I if they did, I didn't notice it. 
at our house now, I remember being up one night playing video games, I assume. Of course. I hear car doors slamming. And I'm thinking, that's weird. You know, it was maybe two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I hear car doors slamming, and I'm thinking, that's weird. And I never, I, I, nobody, I don't, like, obviously nobody walks up to my door, and I don't hear anything else, so I sort of ignore it. And I get up in the morning, and the, my wife's car out in the driveway has been rifled through, and, like, stuff has been stolen out of it. Mm-hmm. She has a bit where she doesn't like to, she doesn't like to lock her car. She, she, her idea is uh, if you lock your car if and you, people want to steal from it, they'll break the window to get in. Yeah. And uh, I say, well, my car was locked and no one broke my windows to get into it. It was more just, I think they were going down the street and just trying every car door. And if they, and if it opened, they were pulling junk out of the car. Um, That was the last, but you know, that it was not, it was pretty minor. I don't even remember what they saw. I think they stole our insurance. But nothing ever came of that. I can't really understand why they did it other than maybe just, identity theft or something, but nothing ever. I don't know what you would get. Just get a name and an address. The car that I drove before the element that I have now, the reason that I gave it up was because it was a 97 Tahoe, mm-hmm. and it was the last, that body model. It was more boxy on the back end. Yeah. And uh, it was also the last one that they made with like that latch lock. So... Like you could you could pop it pretty easy. Yeah, <clears throat> man, that car got broke into at a Ranger game at my buddy's house, and then my house in Lake Highlands, crime riddled Lake Highlands. <laughs> Dude, Giuseppe would alert it. I probably got up out of my house. I got up out of the bed like four or five times. Yeah, and would walk out. And, like, one time I saw some dudes, like, kind of standing around my car, like, and I just parked on the street. I didn't pull up in the driveway if we had people over. And, you know, they quickly dispersing or whatever. But. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, Lake Lake Highlands. I mean, we live in old Lake Highlands now, which is south of Lake Highlands. And it's it's one of those. It's a really nice neighborhood. Like, it's everybody there is super nice. But. Then you'll read, oh, hey, there have been gunpoint muggings and things like that going on a street up yeah. from where we live. It's like, don't go walking your dog around because people have been holding holding everybody up at gunpoint. Yeah, you know that, uh, like, if you go, it's just north of Walnut Hill right over there, and there's those apartments that look like, they, they have that, like, they look like a castle. Like, they have that little English tent to it where, like, maybe they have a little sp- like the little spiral column. Uh-huh. Does any of that make sense? What I, I'm saying, trying to say there. I can see it in my mind, but I, yeah. And it may even be called something castle or something yeah. manor. I mean, the place is a shithole. <laughs> and uh, another radio friend of ours that in the community uh, used to deliver pizzas over there. And <laughs> when he was in high school, and he had a pizza delivery. Who, who is this? He's a talk show host on 105.3. Okay. He went to go to the apartment for the delivery. And as he's cruising up to the door, he notices that there's like a door, a jar next to between him and the next 
apartment over is where he's supposed to be delivering pizzas, right? Yeah. And here's what sounds like a scuffle going on inside. And he's, <laughs> as he's walking, like, by it, and the door is 70% open or whatever, and there's like a... He said it was like some kind of like a like a a boot, like a metal boot that you would use to like kickstand a door or whatever, and that it's laying on its side and it's what's holding the door open by like the toe of the boot, and there's just blood from the door frame as far as he can see into the apartment, and he just dropped the pizza and <laughs> ran. <laughs> that was not the place he was delivering to. No, it's just next door. It's, you know? fu- it's funny for a while I was looking for a part-time job and I briefly considered the idea of delivering pizza, but I, I looked very heavily into sort of delivery zones and things like that. where like, where, like where might be safe to deliver pizza. And Dallas is so weird. Dallas is, it's just got these pockets where it's like, you'll be in a nice neighborhood, but then literally across the street it's like some of the worst place you could ever imagine yeah and you know what i'm not necessarily against affordable housing as a concept you know i understand yeah the problem is that over there in lake highlands there was a an old apartment complex that was turned into section nine housing and then you have people come in and they turn these you know mid-century modern houses remodel them fix them up I mean, it's a culture clash. I mean, there's no other way to really say it. Yeah. Um, I actually knew some people that lived over there. Salt of the earth, nicest people ever, you know, kind of helped them out with some things. And I'm not even talking about just thuggish. I'm talking about like I walked by an apartment and the door was open and there was just a mattress on the floor. (laughs) 400 pound dude with no shirt on just sitting there watching TV eventually there's going to be a murder in that apartment and they're right. going to go there and they're going to figure out there's going to be a stack of flies sitting on the table and yeah. then on the top of those used condom. <laughs> That's a stolen bit, but who cares? Do you ever hear that? The, what? From the Ricky Gervais show. No. It's like, my friend says, walking, walking in this house, he notices there's a note on the floor. And it's got, like, a shopping list on it, right? Nappies. Toiletries. Flips it over. On the back it says, none of this now needed. Baby dead. (laughs) 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 on On the mantle above the fireplace that there was just, like, a giant stack of dead flies. (laughs) Top used condom. Now that's weird, isn't it? That's what he told him. It's when he's arguing with Ricky Gervais about how there's stuff that's haunted. That's actually what they're talking about. Is uh, you know Ricky Gervais is being the total jerk about how it's they soul in your mind. Yeah. He's like, now that's weird, isn't it? He's like, I've got to admit that's fucked up. <laughs> None of this now needed. Baby dead. <laughs> I knew a guy in school that he was a delivery driver in Abilene and. He went to deliver a pizza somewhere and he was walking across the parking lot and two dudes ran up behind him with a plastic baseball bats, whacked him in the back of the legs <laughs> simultaneously, knocked him down and they grabbed his bag and ran. He was like, they got $17 and two pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it, though. I mean, like, that's, that's, that's a perfect the, setup job, you know? Well, and that's the thing. It's like none of that's worth it. Like people will attack you for nothing. Yeah. 
Yeah, they will. Drugs will do that to you. Yeah. I mean, bad drugs will do that to you. Yeah. Meth amphetamines will do that to you. Yeah. You'll take a dude out <clears throat> for 10 bucks. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, that's, it's it doesn't matter how little cash you carry on you. People will, will come after you. I tell you what, drugs is going to ruin us all. <laughs> it's going to ruin us all. If they would legalize marijuana and use the money raised by marijuana, they could defeat methamphetamine in the drug war. There doesn't need to be a war on drugs, people. Look, there doesn't need to be a war on drugs. 90% of the people are in there on pot-related charges. It's ridiculous, and you're paying for it, and it doesn't make any sense. Next. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, what else were we talking about? Spooks. Spooks. Easy. <laughs> um. Never tell you about our old neighborhood was also wheels off. It was the uh, it was the neighborhoods that you always hear about on the news where they tell you not to shoot your guns off on New Year's Eve. No, that happened quite a bit. I bet it did. I remember reading those stories before I moved out there. I think that's ridiculous. Who <laughs> who does that? Our first New Year's Eve there, midnight comes and you just hear gunfire. Get down. That was a more of a cultural thing though that was happening on the other side of the street yeah it's crazy though in dallas the the you know you're talking about the way that the neighborhoods are shifted and i mean that's what brought up the redistricting thing Mm -hmm. because that's why you have districts that run from 30 and 40 city blocks north and then one block over yeah and it looks like a snake and it's because they figured that hey we're not going to let all of these this diversity even though you have to live among the diversity, if you live over there, you live in a diverse neighborhood. Yeah. No, we don't want to let those two people intermingle and have any chance of... Basically, let's just draw on the map where we know the black folk are located and then draw another line on the other draw side. Draw a line around them. And then those people can all vote for the same person and have their one. There you go. They're not going to mess up any kind of elections anywhere else. Here is the news, the latest news. Now it's time for our newest feature on the OK Talk podcast. This is the Harper's Weekly Review, published by Harper's Magazine, which was established in 1850. January 19th, 2016, by Sharon J. Riley. The United States lifted $100 billion worth of economic sanctions against Iraq, including restrictions on Iranian banking, money transfers, trade, insurance, and transport. As part of the deal, Iran released four American prisoners. Ten U.S. sailors were detained by Iran when their ship drifted into the country's waters and released after one day in custody. Al-Qaeda claimed responsibility for a string of terrorist attacks in Burkina Faso, that killed 30 people, many of them tourists, and an Islamic State operative in Istanbul walked into a group of German tourists and detonated explosives strapped to his chest, killing 10 people. Starbucks temporarily shut down its 200 locations in Indonesia after two people were killed in an Islamic State suicide attack at one of the company's Jakarta stores. A report found that the world's 62 richest people have as much wealth as the bottom half of the global population. 
and Goldman Sachs, where the average salary was $518,720 last year, agreed to pay a $5.1 billion settlement for its sale of toxic mortgage securities and its role in the 2008 financial crisis. In New Jersey, a dishwasher who quit his job after mistakenly believing that he had won the $1.5 billion Powerball lottery jackpot went back to work. Quote, it's a shame we didn't win, said the man, but I wouldn't trade that feeling for anything. Paragraph two. To me. A man in France died after being rendered brain dead during a drug trial, and a state of emergency was declared in Flint, Michigan when it was discovered that thousands of people had been exposed to toxic levels of lead in the city's water supply. A chainsaw sculptor occupying Oregon National Wildlife Refuge was arrested when he attempted to drive a government-owned vehicle to a nearby Safeway to pick up groceries. Border officials in Texas seized 2,493 pounds of marijuana hidden inside 2,817 fake carrots. A Canadian woman arrested in New York State while trying to enter the United States with a foosball table filled with cannabis and a Canadian man was arrested trying to bury a sled carrying 180 pounds of Xanax pills in Vermont. It was reported that Anthropology was selling a rusty trash can for $99.95, and in the Indian state of Bihar, a 13.5% luxury tax was introduced on mosquito repellent and samosas. Turkmenistan banned tobacco, Russia banned swearing in prison, and Auckland, New Zealand banned mermaid swimsuits. You had a much better one than me. <laughs> The city of Portland unveiled the Poopmaster 6000, which will clean crow droppings from city sidewalks. Researchers in Germany developed tiny bionic sperm bots that escort slow-swimming sperm to eggs. And a man in Britain claimed to have fathered at least 800 children by selling his sperm on Facebook. Quote, they're just the ones I know of, he said. A new annotated version of Hitler's Mein Kampf sold out in Germany, and it was reported that a former concentration camp in Montenegro that housed political prisoners during World War II would be turned into a luxury resort with a, quote, party ambience. A dentist in Michigan was sued by her former employees for playing Christian music in the office, and a tribunal in England ruled that it had been an accident when a dentist exposed his penis to a dental nurse to whom he had also accidentally shown a picture of his penis a few years earlier. A daycare teacher in Virginia was convicted of cruelty for running a, quote, baby fight club. A 911 operator in Florida missed a call because she was ordering pizza on another line, and a prison official in Russia was arrested for stealing the pavement of a 31-mile stretch of road. In Britain, a man who ordered an Amazon Kindle received instead a piece of a human tumor, and a Londoner named George Bush was arrested for trying to sell leopard skulls and monkey hands. A naked woman was arrested after throwing plates at customers in a Waffle House in Georgia, and an Ohio man was arrested for arson after he sent police a selfie in response to a post on the department's Facebook page featuring his mugshot. <laughs> Here's a better photo he wrote. That one is terrible. Mm-hmm. I totally believe it about a hundred dollar trash can in anthropology have you ever been in that store I love anthropology i hate i hate to admit it but i love it it's the it's a you and megan would get along because she that's her that's one of her favorite stores i'm like it's a it's a, in the world it's a great gift place like if you sure. if you're just looking for something quirky so i was discussing with a friend long live david bowie yes and we were talking about Bowie's in different space. stories that we had heard of him Bowie's in space. We're not making fun. Dude was a badass. Come on. You know. 
one of the things that he was into was this thing that uh, you know Brian Eno is. Music producer Brian okay. Eno. Okay. Is really big into ambient psychedelia rock. Yeah. Created this game called The Oblique Strategies. It's a deck of cards. They're little. Is this some Bloody Mary shit? The deck itself had its origins in the discovery by Brian Eno that both he and his friend Peter Schmidt, a British painter whose works graced the cover of the Evening Star and whose watercolors decorated the back LP cover of Eno's Before and After Science and also appeared as full-size prints in a small number of the original releases, tended to keep a set of basic working principles which guided them through the kinds of moments of pressure, either working through a heavy painting session or watching the clock tick while you're running up a big buck studio bill. Both Smith and Eno realized that the pressures of time tended to steer them away from the ways of thinking they found most productive when the pressure was off, right? Pressure caused them to get out of their artistic state. Right. The strategies were then a way to remind themselves of those habits of thinking to jog the mind. It's not clear from any sources that this person has run across whether the cards were explicitly intended to be oracular. Oracular? Yeah. I, oh, like an oracle? There you go. The oracle passes. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, the things you learn on this show. It's not clear from any sources I've run across whether the cards were explicitly intended to be oracular at the outset. That is, whether or not Peter Schmidt and Eno necessarily saw them exclusively as, quote, single instruction, single response meaning that you would just take one and then try to use that one. Here's, you know, kind of talking about it. He's saying these cards evolved from our separate observations of the principles underlying what we were doing. Sometimes they were recognized in retrospect, like intellect catching up with intuition. Sometimes they were identified as they were happening. Sometimes they were formulated. They can be used as a pack a set of possibilities being continuously reviewed in the mind or by drawing a single card from the shuffled pack when a dilemma occurs in a working situation. In this case, the card is trusted even if its appropriateness is quite unclear. They're not final as new ideas will present themselves and others will become self-evident. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is this was apparently a big player for David Bowie. If I'm understanding this correctly, it's a a deck of cards, and and all they are they're they're single black face cards on one side, and then it's uh, an idea. Okay, so not right. like a tarot card, but there's something written on it. The first one that I pulled said, "Be less critical, more often." Okay, almost like a fortune cookie. Yeah, <laughs> except uh, they're concepts. And the crazy thing is, the obliqueness of the statement triggers parts in your brain that kind of uh, turn the cue on, right. as it were. Right. Yeah. It's it's a prompt. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But also sort of a Rorschach test that you can figure out how it applies to you and act on it. So I was gonna see if I could. Uh, well, so you you have these? You have a set of these? No, I'm, I'm ordering some. But oh, okay. 
So when you say play, were you you drawing them or what, like what were you doing? So the three of us were really kind of just having a little bit of a soul shakedown party, you know, late night. Uh huh. We were really pulling them. Um, just like you said, as a prompt, and then and and then we starting a discussion. Of yeah, some really, sort? just yeah. starting philosophizing. Yeah, you know, it is really cool because let's just say that in my mental state, the first one that I pulled, telling me to be less critical more often, mm-hmm. was appropriate. Yeah, and it's worded in a way that it's not offensive. Right. In the in the fact that if you think of being less critical more often to yourself. It's not like you're too critical. It's not an accusation. Right. It's this more is, of, hey, try this. And when you hear these words in different order, they somehow have greater meaning. I don't know. Again, we're talking about geniuses that are putting this stuff together and using them. I was pretty surprised by how cool it was. Wouldn't be a bad idea to start off each show here with a with an oblique strategy, Pulling right? One of those and seeing where what happens. So repetition is a form of change. Okay. Faced with a choice, do both. And it's crazy. Like you start looking around the people that are into this, mm-hmm. and they're super, super successful, influential. And one of the concepts that we got into the other night, (laughs) organic machinery. (laughs) Um, One of the concepts that we got into the other night was uh, the idea that happiness is not the goal, it's the result. And that people that are happy aren't necessarily living the life well lived, that the life well lived is to contribute to society. Mm -hmm. And whether or not you've maximized your ability to further positively affect the human course and that in doing so you will be happy but that there are people that are happy that are doing nothing and that are not contributing and so that the idea of be happy and don't worry be happy is almost a negative axiom in terms that you know if you it's self-centered it's yeah and so the idea that happiness is the result not the goal so that if you're doing things right you should be happy but are you doing things right exactly just kind of cool a little bit a little bit of higher level thing and i thought it was fascinating that talking about a guy in bowie you know these guys that really super complex composition it's a beautiful mind kind of stuff you know because it's it's math on like a quantum level. Yeah. If you really think about it, because music really is math, which is crazy because I love music and I hate math. Really, really complex song structures and stuff are in fact so complex that they blow you up. And the idea of him, I can just see him doing it, you know, just sitting there and being like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> Pulling a card, you know. And then going from there. Yeah. Yeah. What has David Bowie and Brian Eno, a 1970s recording studio, the Heroes album, and a pack of cards called Oblique Strategies got to do with your corporate brainstorming and innovative creativity team away day session? Quite a lot, actually. (laughs) 
Sorry to disappoint those hoping for some pointers on creativity enhancing pharmaceuticals. This post is about a technique to disrupt familiar thinking patterns that was used to great effect in the music industry almost 40 years ago. Uh, the idea is to use the cards to jolt you out of a familiar thought pattern and into a mindset where you explore something different. You literally remove a card from the deck, read what's written on it, and have a think about what it means. There are some rules, but you'll get the need and the rest of it and set a card and read for yourselves. This is essential stuff for musicians and managers who are burning up expensive recorded studio dollars with the equivalent of writer's block. The cards were apparently used by Bowie while he was making his Berlin trilogy of albums, Low Heroes Lodgers, and by the likes of R.E.M. and more recently Coldplay. Given the end product of some of these recording sessions, it's not surprising that in some quarters of oblique strategy cards have developed an enigmatic and almost mystical status. Creativity involves breaking out of established patterns in order to look at things differently. It's really funny that it's being mimicked in the business world, you know, like... Yeah. But if you think about it, you know, that's always been a joke about, hell, you sat in on some of those, right? Didn't you? Did you I've Did you get in- to throw down in any of the old Susquehanna? Um, a couple, yeah. Think thunks? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, it's just... Uh, it's so funny because it's so sterile and you have people that are really, really important and some people that may not be and people worrying about saying something to affect something. Right. And so the idea of prompts. It would have been nice in those situations. In, you know, the embarrassing detail and magnify it. <laughs> Focus on it. It's really cool. That might be uh, something that a game that we can play at some point. Do you want to borrow my jumper, Bowie? Does the space cold make your nipples go pointy, Bowie? Do you use your pointy nipples as telescopic antennae to transmit data back to Earth? But you do, you freaky old bastard, you. Hey, Bowie, do you have one really funky sequence spacesuit? Or do you have several ch-changers? Do you smoke grass out in space, Barry? Or do they smoke astroturf? Receiving transmission from David Barry's nipple antenna. Do you read me, Lieutenant Barry? This is Bowie to Barry. Do you hear the out there, man? This is Bowie back to Bowie. I read you loud and clear, man. Who yeah, man? Your signal weak on my radar screen. How far out are you, man? I'm pretty far out. That's pretty far out, man. Oh, oh, oh. I'm orbiting Pluto. Oh, oh. 
I'm jamming out with the McJaggernauts So and they think it's pretty cool now Okay, Bowie, what was that sound? I don't know, but I have to turn my ship around Ooh, it's the craziest thing Yeah, I'm breaking it out of my LSD screen Can you see the stratosphere? Ringing to the choir of Afro not singing. Bowen's in space. Bowen's in Is on phone care. Yeah. 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 Yeah.